Welcome back, my friends, to the Swiss Bar, where IT leaders share the insight with other leaders and others who want to lead. My name is Carlos Vargas, and as in every week, I have my two co-hosts, Howard Holton and Paul Lewis. Hey there. You know, one of these times, Paul, you're going to have to wave when he says my name, and I'll wave when he says your name. <laughs> nice. I have like a sub-second response time between when I can hear Carlos in real and when I can hear him in the street. Oh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I can anticipate everything Carlos says because I hear it like a microsecond just before. That's what we have to do when we travel. <laughs> All right, I need to tell an anecdote of this week before we get into any meet. So uh, one of the presentations we saw at Google Next in San Francisco was about... Um, Alloy DB Omni. Are, are you familiar, Howard, with Alloy, Alloy DB? So it's a managed Postgres in cloud, right? Omni is the offline version. So one can download Alloy DB, you know, on, on premise slash, you know, at edge. Um, and so they were demonstrating its function, which of course is like slightly less function than Alloy DB, which is slightly less function than Oracle, right? As a convenience. Part of the demo was they were showing it running on their laptop, and then they pulled the Ethernet for us to be wowed and amazed that it was still working even though it wasn't connected to the Internet. And the demonstrator was waiting for the applause to occur. And it was just silence in the crowd because the rest of the people crowd weren't impressed by something running on a laptop that wasn't connected to the Internet. Right like hundreds of other thousands of applications. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it was like, it was like shocked that we weren't impressed by this feature. Ooh, like that's the same thing it did in 2005. <laughs> Word. Excel. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. So you could tell of the age of the person, right? Cause clearly right. they're born in the cloud and offline isn't a feature generally. Right. <laughs> it was just hilarious. It was like eerie silence as if I'm, I'm as if we were hoping something else was going to occur because this right. wasn't the impressive part. <laughs> funny. It was funny. What they did their very next demo was actually interesting where they were doing a synchronous transaction between LADB and Aurora, right, outside of the Google ecosystem. And then they turned on the columnar database and what was a 300 millisecond response time became a seven millisecond response time. Oh, that's pretty cool. Just by turning on the feature. Like, wow, now that's an impressive... That's an impressive feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Three hundred milliseconds not real is not real time. Seven milliseconds yeah. is real time. Yeah, between an offline yeah. version and Aurora, that's a that's impressive. Yeah, like you're squeezing a lot out of that transmission, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, I I thought that was an interesting anecdote of the week. So and it was funny because the room was full. <laughs> yeah, it was easily three hundred people in there, right? It was like clearly. Yeah, so it was clearly meant to impress. Yeah, that's that's funny. So, so you're you're ending uh, August at Google Next. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And then we've got a big event coming up in September, October, October, October. Yep. 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 Are you allowed to mention it? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. You don't have a IP limitations. No. 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 <laughs> so, so Paul, you and I will be at CIO Symposium by Gartner. Correct. There in Orlando, and more importantly, I believe we're planning on being at Disney five days, at least. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
plus the, well, the it really depends if we want to do a not so scary right if if we want to do that then the changes the mix up a bit yeah oh yeah 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 i forgot it's it's like not scary land or whatever yeah well it's yeah it's halloween period oh right, right, right. yeah not so scary halloween party at uh at uh, at magic kingdom right but then one of the nights of course is the free universal studio night which obviously is a can't miss well it's the free whatever park is it always universal i didn't think it was always universal the last three four years has been universal but yeah they've mixed yeah. it up before but it's I, uh, we won't know what it actually is till we get there but right you know, free for all food and wine and games and rides, all that fun stuff. Oh, it's just rides, sir. <laughs> plus, plus there's content at the conference, I guess. Sure, sure. <laughs> there's some content. Some yeah. content. That's not Somewhere reasonable. between 10 and 2, I bet there's some content. I... <laughs> so what I'm curious about is, is uh, you know, I'm sure we have some listeners that will also be at Symposium. It might be interesting to uh to see we talk a lot about disney and and I, I have to say i think i've got five times as many comments on the disney content that we put in there than i do the tech <laughs> we put in this. the number of people that have said hey you guys should just do a disney only pod um outnumbers those asking for anything else combined <laughs> so you're saying there's very few gen ai requests very few. There's very few any requests other than Disney. So what I was thinking <laughs> is, since we're effectively planning on being at Disney for a week of evenings, mm -hmm. um, I, I think it might be nice to offer our audience the ability to join us at a at any Ooh, one of a meetup, a meetup at at the park, and kind of see what does that experience look like with people that have been to the parks far more than a hundred times. <laughs> That's a sad wait, 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 wait. Let, let, let's set it up. If you are a leader that want to be with someone that has been at all the parks around the world, make sure that you click the link below so you can be part of our Disney experience with the sweet spot. <laughs> uh, and that's why Carlos is our producer and we're not. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but I think Fair warning, though. Uh, it won't be for the lighthearted, right? Like we're... It's true. It's true. <laughs> it won't be... We won't be moseying through the streets. No, That's... no. no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm happy to do a mosey on one of the weekends when we sure. have time to do it. And like, it might be fun maybe to do um, one of the, the full days because I think we're going to do a front end and back end full day and yeah. do like um, a hunt for the hidden Disney, hidden Mickeys or something. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm down to do that, but, uh, but yeah, in the evenings, no, 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 no. It's, it's, you've got time for three rides. These are the three rides we're attempting to, to hit. Correct. Yeah. Right. Now yeah. Epcot, we might want to eat around the world, right? It is, uh, the food and wine festival and that's always a, a that's glorious true. event. So, so that, that's that, good, but yeah, there'll be some key rides that we're going to not only attempt, but we will absolutely do. Yes. Yes. And we'll be watching the genie app incredibly, uh, uh, ravenously uh, looking for the right opportunity to get in line for the right ride. Like uh, when I did Epcot last time, um, the 180 minute Ratatouille ride became 10 minutes because no one was getting on the line due to the fireworks show. Right. And that was the moment. And by the time we got in the line and by the time we were halfway through the line, the line was 90 minutes again. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we like, yeah. we like hit it perfect. We finished dinner. We're sitting at dinner and I go, what? Oh, it's time to leave. We're going now. And we've I've only ever rope dropped Ratatouille. And even then it was 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. No, 10 minutes. It was great. Wow. 
you, you didn't even have time to appreciate all the work the Imagineers do to build the experience on the line weight, you know? That's right. You were, it was just the ride experience just, at that point. Yeah. You, you missed all the good of this. Yep. And, and that is by far the best ride at Epcot. Right. Well, you haven't been on Cosmic Rewind yet. Which one is Cosmic Rewind? That's the new Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, no, I have been on that. I take it back. Oh. I forget that was at Epcot. That's a pretty... That is, that is the best. That is a distinctive ride. Yeah. That, no, that is... That... that mm. Uh, that's that's certainly top top five for all of the Disney parks or or right. any any amusement park ride I've ever been on. It's top five. Yeah. That might be top three for all Disney parks. Interesting. Mm. I, all yeah. Disney parks in the world or all Disney parks Disney World. All, all Disney parks that I've been to. So mm, okay. I haven't been to absolutely everywhere, but um, but but I, I would say that that's pretty close to Rise of the Resistance, and Rise of the Resistance is my is my number one. The value of Rise is that not unlike Ratatouille, it has independently run yeah. ride systems, right? Yes. Swarming, yeah. And the Ratatouille, while the ride itself is appealing from just a design perspective, it's actually the ride system that's the most intellectually appealing. Right? So the, they're autonomous vehicles that coordinate. Right? Just like Mickey and Minnie. Yeah, exactly like Mickey and Minnie. Yep. You even yep. dance with Mickey and Minnie. There's a whole it's so good. <laughs> samba exercise. So good. But but yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is almost like what they envisioned um, uh, Space Mountain to be in the beginning, but we didn't have the technology to do. Mm. Right? It's still effectively Space Mountain, but it's Space <laughs> Mountain in 2023 with Guardians of the Galaxy unique IP. Right. Um, and they did it so well. It doesn't like Star Tours always feels like an add-on, right? Star Wars feels like okay, you get to visit the the universe, but you're so far away from where any of the action was that you saw. Right. You know what I mean? That you're like, oh, I guess this is a real universe that has normal people in it. Right. Like it always it always feels kind of broken. Um, Rise of the Resistance very much doesn't, and and Guardians very much doesn't, right? Guardians yeah. it it actually feels like it's part of that universe in a in a real cohesive way that they really hadn't been able to do before. So I'm, I was super and Star Tours is very much a sore thumb now because it's not even in the Star World area. Right. It's like this extra little ride between <laughs> before you get there, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's with with all the advancements they've made in like ride presence, ride feel and engagement, it, it feels real herky-jerky. It feels like it just feels incredibly dated even though they've they've attempted to make some updates and, and it's not the same, like you don't get the same ride visuals that you do like this right. you don't have the same program anymore they've got four or six programs now for star tours yeah um, it, it doesn't matter it still feels like it might as well be the same experience from when it was original so while we're there as you know my oldest is a cast member she works at hollywood studios because she does phantasmic let's hope that she can take us on a uh tour and show us all the fun interesting facts we wouldn't have known had she not be a cast member. That would be that would be amazing. We probably That's need to plan, plan that beforehand and and not not do that at, as the uh, sweet spot meetup. Difficult, yeah, definitely not a sweet spot. It's difficult to plan beforehand because it's, it's based on our shifts, right? Like we don't really know no, when she's even, working. Even two days, you know what I mean? Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So this is so, a lot of ramp up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a ramp up. <laughs> We're eleven minutes in. Enough, yeah, interesting enough. You guys keep talking about how all these rides keep improving. We saw a lot of improvement on the tech world um, and AI is everywhere. The different things that happened this week. So how do we put all that together 
So when we look at our companies and our IT environments, that we can move forward. Like you were describing how Space Mountain, they had a vision, but probably because of the technology they had at hand, could make it a reality onto probably now. Companies sometimes have the same challenges. They had a vision, probably could make it a reality, and now technology have changed. What do leaders do now? So, so let's let's a little preface first, because I think if we give Howard a little bit of what it was like this week, you, you'll have a different answer. So I was just on the cube just before this. We did a cube interview. We came here and we're on the podcast. Um, and one of the questions was, you know, can you sort of summarize what's happened this week? Uh, and what do you think of GCP Google Cloud now? And my answer was the C is gone, right? It's now G-A-I-P. There was nothing about the cloud really in any real sense in the keynote and most of the breakouts. It's 80% AI slash Gen AI slash ML. In fact, the two big announcements were changing the model garden to include not just the Google-centric LLMs, but 100 open source LLMs, the metas, you know, all the external ones, and you could tweak and tune and build Gen AI solutions from all of those possible models. That's the first one. And the second one, uh, with Vertex AI being sort of the tool set to do that, second one is the sort of the consumer grade implementation, the do it AI, so that, you know, workspace, notes, uh, no notes, uh, uh, docs and sheets and chat, all is enabled with that Gen AI technology to help you build content in sort of the consumer to consumer technology. And that's what the two big pro messages were versus here's another GPU type, right? Here's another TPU implementation. Here's another database. Here's another migration tool. C was now not absent, but it was assumed, which I thought was a, an interesting change. Yeah, but it's a good change, right? Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's been the, the, the promise of cloud since the beginning is you didn't have to think about the cloud. It's a lie. Right. It's a complete lie, right? But the reality is, is that's what we need. That, that's where we're trying to go. And, and I say it's a lie because if you don't think about the cloud, the security implications are terrifying. Right. Right. Yeah, Google has a hundred times the security analyst. Amazon has a hundred times the security analyst. Microsoft has a hundred times the security analyst of any other organization. And therefore the cloud itself is secure, but your implementation mm-hmm. of it is not. Right. right. Unless you make it so. Um, and you and you have to think about that differently than how you would think about your own data center network, as an example. Mm-hmm. Um so so you know, the fact that the maturity of the cloud is to the point where they're where they're really kind of doubling down on the application instead of doubling down on yet another hardware iteration. Um, it, I think is a good news, but we, we as the consumers of it need to keep in mind um, that that control layer is still going to be the foundation of success or failure within the cloud. Mm. Right. It, and, it, and it felt like a little bit, and, and not to put a negative spin on this, but it did feel like it, that there were so many examples of gen ai implementations that it did really feel like they were pushing you that that it was a trend right and you know i'm using the term now anecdotes don't equal a trend right right? it is still a relatively immature environment right and all the the prerequisites you need to have in order to actually enable it in a real production sense still are there right it's not like all of a sudden i have all of my knowledge bases readily available to be used and tuned with an llm that just didn't occur. 
<laughs> right. Sure. I now have an ability to apply an LLM, but it doesn't mean I have any of the data available to make that happen. Right. So, sure. so it, it, so it, it feels like a potential over rotation. Sure. Well, and one of the things we need to keep in mind is if you train an LLM on the entirety of the internet, yeah. right. The corpus of data is so incredibly large that you have less of a data quality problem, not more of a data quality problem, mm -hmm. right? If 80% of the data is good and you're talking about the entirety of the internet, that's a big 80%, right? Even if only 40% is good, it's a big 40%, right? right? Versus if you're talking about your company's corpus of data um, and your, the totality of your knowledge base could fit on a DVD, <laughs> data quality becomes infinitely more important. Right. And I think it's something that we're missing, right? People are looking at it going, well, the internet's not correct and their quality is poor and yet this is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the number of examples of good far outweigh the total corpus of data you have. Good, bad, mm -hmm. or indifferent. Right? On any I, I, was at, I was asked recently for an analogy of this and I said, well, imagine this. I could use the exact same model to do two things. Thing number one, uh, 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 attach an entire novel and it'll give me four paragraph summary. And that exact same model, I could give a four paragraph summary in order to create a novel. And the first and the second model look nothing alike. <laughs> That's yeah. the problem, right? Is that it, it is producing content that has a level of accuracy that is not 80%, right? It's not 70%, it's not 60%. And it's the same model doing it. That's kind of the problem set that we have here, right? Well, another, another way to look at it is um, I can take every novel ever published, including encyclopedias and atlases and everything, ever published in a library and every library that's ever existed and feed that into an LLM. Yeah. Right. And I can ask that LLM to write me a novel. I'm going to get one level of quality versus if I take everything your company has ever written ever, ever, and ask it to write a novel. Forget about right. the, the topic, the topical differences the quality difference is going to be massive. Right. Right. Because the likelihood that good grammar was used, all an LLM is, is a predictive model on what word follows what word based on a prompt. Mm. Right. That's all it is. So if all I do is use things that at least made it through an editor and a copywriter and spell check, right, to meet the minimum requirements necessary for a publisher to actually spend the money to publish it, and tell that to write a novel, the likelihood that it's going to use proper tense, proper case, proper verb and noun usage mm -hmm. is going to be infinitely higher than if I use every email your company's ever written. Right. Right. The quality of the input is going to be that much higher. And we do need to keep that in mind. And we do need to think about that. Right. And then we also need to think about the fact that LLM still can't say no. Exactly. Right? They, can't, well, they can say no. I apologize. They can say no. You can put ethical restrictions in so that, so that the response is no, we don't talk about the topic. What right. you can't do is have it say, I don't know. Right. Right. So, it's, so how it's do you going to answer you. Correct. It will give yeah. you an answer and, and it may not be the answer you necessarily want. Right. Right. Um, so so, so does that mean they're focusing like, on layer seven a little bit more? I'm yeah. discouraged that they're so focused on AI within that layer seven. So to make this better, you've got sort of three front issue, right? So front issue number one 
improve the quality of the data that's trained and data that you use to produce a result. That number two is how do I ensure I have the appropriate level of algorithmic and mathematical expertise to tune LLMs? And then third, what kind of new skill set do I need psychology and sociology to do the prompt engineering part? to ask better questions. Yeah, I think the first and third is the most important. I don't actually think the second is nearly as important. No, the tuning of actual algorithms. Yeah, I don't, I don't, honestly, and and I'm uh, like, I'm not even being sarcastic. I I don't think that that's as important for most organizations. Hmm. Um, Again, right, we're not, we're not aiming, we're not striving for perfection. And Hmm. so I don't think that, I don't think number two is the place that I would spend all your time. I mean, find a consultant, right? You're going to have consultants that are going to be investing their time there. And, and you're not going to constantly be tuning right? It's kind of like, right. I need to get it to the point where it's good enough. And then prompts are going to be f- f- 75% of my problem, data quality, the other 25 or 20, and then 5% the tuning. Right. Right. So until the point where, where you're like, well, our data quality is spectacular. Our data quality is as good as it needs to be. And, and LLMs have a lower barrier for entry for data quality requirements. I don't want to make it seem like it has to be a pristine crystal clear lake that you can see all the way to the bottom of. Like you can still be mm-hmm. a little murky. It just, you just don't want to, you just don't want your data to look like a freaking swamp. It's really, it's really, can you get your organization to a level where, where prompt engineering starts to become the language that you speak? Mm. Right. Um, I th- so they don't have skill sets. That, that role, that person, that expertise doesn't exist in, the, in a, in a it corporation yet, does it? No, it does not. It does not. But, it, but to get, again, right, we're not, we're not aiming for 100%, so not everybody needs to be a, 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 an actual prompt engineer. Right. Right. But to get to the point where, where when you speak to an AI, you speak in a way that's going to give you the result that you want, we could get there. Right. Right. And then to understand when you don't get the result that you expected, what to do about it. Right. right. Um, I mean, the, the, the challenge ultimately is we've created the world's greatest tool for learning. <laughs> and yet right. we have spent decades not teaching people how to learn. <laughs> Right? right. We teach people rote. That's an interesting point. People how to learn. Right. We don't teach critical thinking. We teach rote. Right. right. And so, and so we kind of have to start to break that. We kind of have to start to say, hey, look, um, unlike all of your life where you've been able to just accept what you're given, you are now required to question. Mm. Right. And, and that's going to be the difference. Right. If, 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 if you just accept, well, then actually I don't need you anymore because the AI, if all you're doing is accepting the result from the AI and feeding that result, then I can actually remove you from the equation completely. Right. Right. It's the ability to be critical that ensures you'll have a place in an AI-driven future. Hmm. Are there any types of people today that fear Gen AI the most? Like, is it screenwriters? Is it... Right. Any kind of writer or any kind of... Artists. Yeah. Right. Um, and, I, and I think that's I think that's poorly placed. Right. Um, again, when, when you ask Gen AI to write something, it's, it writes to the mean. What is the most likely word that follows this word based on the prompt? Right. So right. it follows the mean. If you read a script written by Gen AI, it's pretty awful. Right. And, but can't and, you prompt it to in the style of these other authors? Sure. It doesn't but, have to create a different But it's still, prose. It's still awful. The, yeah. the prose changes, but the word that follows the word still ends up to the mean. Right. Right. And so you don't get the brilliance of, shall I compare thee to a summer's rose? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, l- or even less dramatic. Did, did I read somewhere that Stephen King trained 
or he was using a model that was trained based on all of his content. And then when it produced a paragraph, he readily admitted that it would, he would never write a paragraph that read like this. Right. <laughs> so right. it's not really in his, in his prose because that's not how he would have written that. Well, but again, yeah. what is the most likely word to follow the word before it? Right. What's the license, right. Which, which means you, you, you by default, remove every piece of inspiration from the writing. Right. Right. So, so yes. Right. If you look at, King's a great example because he's so prolific mm -hmm. and he never stops writing. But read one of his books. If you, do, if you turn five pages and don't go, wow, at least once, you're reading the AI version of Stephen King. <laughs> right? Not just that his prose is good. It's the way he puts the words together, spark an emotion in you mm. once every five pages, which means the AI is going to never write that because it's unlikely for that to be written because it's only written once every five pages. I, get, right. I realize there's a whole lot more to it than that. Like it's not, it doesn't go straight for the mean, but, but that's effectively what you, what you get. And, and to be honest, that's really what we want. The fact that AI can write these things is not, should not be our biggest concern. Yeah. Right. That, I, I mean, that's why I really push back when somebody defines Gen AI as, as artificial intelligence that create things, text, music, things. It's the create that I push back on and say, is it really like, Create is a really important word in our society. And I don't think it is creating in the no. sense that the humans would define it. No. Okay. So, yeah. so this, this may not be perfect. And, and I may, I may end up getting some hate mail for this. However, <laughs> you mean more hate mail, yeah. more hate mail. However, <laughs> um, look at, look at early hip hop and remove the vocal track because it was all sampling, right? There was no, there's no musician that, that, that was in hip hop. Um, that's AI. Okay. Um, none of early hip hop was the, was the music track created. It was assembled. I sampled this, I sampled this, I sampled this, I put them together. It was a unique and interesting way. Right. And I don't want to take anything away. I love that. I love that era of music. It was super dynamic. It's super interesting. It was incredibly new, but it was the vocal track laid over it. That was actually the creation. Right that was what was actually new, right? Uh, using someone else's beats and speeding them up and slowing them down and mixing them while an absolute unequivocal skill was not creation, it was assembly. Mm -hmm. That's what AI can do. AI can do that assembly. Creation, yeah, I have a bit of a problem with it, right? Yeah, and to the naked of eye, an AI created image feels like create when it in fact is assembly. C correct, it's assembly and yeah. it's imitation. Right. Um, and not coincidentally with your analogy there, the musical musical guest last night was LL Cool J and the Roots. <laughs> nice. I, I, I'm a big fan of the Roots. They're they're a they're a pretty pretty awesome and impressive musical group. When uh, when 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 you see them outside of late night, even in late night, they're pretty good. And to call back Universal Studios, because it's a callback episode. Have you been on the Jimmy Fallon ride with the Roots at Universal Studios? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> See, it's a full circle pod today. Of course, I have. <laughs> I had it, and and I'm like, oh, it's Jimmy Fallon, but oh, the Roots. All right, let's go. Um, I also did the Fast and Furious ride, which I do not recommend. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, the Mummy ride at Universal is still my favorite by far. The, the Mummy ride is still fantastic. Yeah. Oh, um, I went recently with my daughter she's yeah, yeah. she was 21 at the time she's 22 now so but it wasn't that long ago um 
<laughs> and we bought the we I messed up and didn't get the VIP. Um, mm -hmm. I highly recommend anyone going to Universal really try to get the VIP pass. Um, book early. The price is dynamic. It increases and sells out. Book early, Heck. and the price is actually is actually okay. Um, but it gives you in it gives you unlimited front of the line pass. Mm. Right. So and and that was fantastic. The only thing that was that saved us, I bought the front of the unlim unlimited front of line pass, which works for everything except Super Mario Land. Oh, nice. Now that's one, like a virtual queue okay, process. Um, no, you literally just walk to the front of the line. Like they have a oh. separate line that you just oh, like, like it's like the old um, fast pass. Got it. But you don't register for anything. You just literally just walk to the you just walk down right. that line and it's you know, it's it's one tenth. Um, I don't nice. think any line was 10 minutes. Wow. I don't think any line was 10 minutes, um, except Mario. So we went to Super Mario Land, and because I'm handicapped, and mm -hmm. I walked with a cane, and I got my little handicap pass, you go to sup the Super Mario line, and you give them your little card, and they, st they, they stamp it, and they write down what time you showed up, and then they just add whatever the number is. So if it's a two-hour wait, they just add two hours, and then it's back. you come back at that time, and you go front of the line. Sweet. And that, that was amazing. <laughs> um, the ride is a tremendous amount of fun and frustration because it's a, it's also a, it's a ride in a game. So you have a little light yeah. gun, that you shoot stuff. So like, like, like Toy Mario. Story, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like Toy Story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, it's in some ways better. Mm. Right? Like they've combined it with like a Mario Kart thing. Um, it's really cool. It's really fun. It is incredibly tiny. Like the world has Mario Land has two rides. One kid ride oh. and then Mario Kart. Um, but it's a ton of fun. I, I Really, I have to recommend the front of line pass, though. It made an enormous difference. But it's expensive. Um, right? it, Is it double the price of the day? Uh, no, it, it was less than double. Okay. Right? It's like 50% more, hmm. which I, I actually felt was worth it. Like, I, I, I get that this stuff is expensive, and, and I don't ever want to be cavalier about the cost of things. Yeah. Um, because everyone's situation is different. But if you look at how much you spend to do a Disney vacation or a universal vacation, removing the line is is worth the money. It dramatically changes the how you're going to feel at the end of the trip. Yeah, dramatically. And I'm with you. The mummy, yes, the, the mummy is the best ride. We rode the mummy, got off, rode the mummy again, got off, <laughs> rode the mummy again. <laughs> And exactly. we did that because it was front of the line pass. So we just, it, you know, we did the unlimited. We just literally got off and just ran in a circle until we were just done. And we, we you, you no longer had to plan, what are we going to ride on this trip? We rode everything to the level we wanted to ride and, and left while it was still dark and, and we're exhausted. We had just ridden everything so much. We were completely wiped out. And just for the audience, it's the Brandon Fraser mummy, not the Tom, right. Tom Cruise mummy. It is, it is the mummy, not, <laughs> not that other thing that never happened. <laughs> I don't want people. All right, so way back to the to the to the origin story here. So half of the message we heard this week was the Gen AI angles I just talked about. The other half was we're moving away from a product centric approach go to market. Right, so it's no longer cloud SQL and GPUs and TPUs and um, and and BigQuery and all these things. It's how do we help or provide assets end-to-end? -end? How do we do it order to cash and that we provide the looker block, the, uh, the semantic machine learning, the actual schema in BigQuery, and even a, 
an XML integration to a course system. Sure. And those are free, right? Those are GitHub, GitLab, download them an hour, good to go, you're there. And that's the go-to-market. And yes, you'll use and consume those services, but that's secondary to the conversation versus primary to the conversation. Sure. But, but again, right, that's, that's kind of the evolution of the cloud. Like if you think about it, the cloud, the, the value to the cloud for the provider isn't just the bill, isn't just profitability on top of custom command frameworks and in, incredibly efficient data centers, right? <laughs> the, the value is the data they get on the usage. And so if you think about it, right, and you go, okay, well, what are people actually doing? Well, they're assembling Legos to make their own structure, right? But six out of 10 organizations have these seven skyscrapers that they all create, and they all create them fundamentally the same. So if we just take and go, here's your seven skyscrapers, you're still going to decorate the interior. You're still going to split them up into the offices that you want. But fundamentally, the skyscrapers are the same. Here's mm -hmm. the seven skyscrapers everyone deploys. Now all you have to do is decorate them. You no longer have to build a skyscraper. And before, what we provided was the concrete and the rebar and the steel and the construction crews. No, no, no. We're just going to deliver and poof, drop in a skyscraper. And now all you really have to do is, you know, light it and, you know, turn on the lights and design the offices. In the last 10 years, they haven't been helping you build the skyscraper. They've just given you more options of windows. Right? You now have 35 different options of windows yeah. to choose from. It's like, oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, the last 10 years, what they've said is, um, here's every color of window tint, if we're being honest. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're all windows. And, and, and we've talked about this before, right? We, we talked about it um, when you went to an Amazon show or the Amazon Insider Ignite happened. And we talked yeah. about how like they just released 85 new CPU configuration. <laughs> right. We're like, that, who cares? <laughs> That's not helpful. But, but this is actually the same conversation, but the other side of it. Because mm -hmm. when, when they released the 85, I said, great, everybody uses three. Right? You pick the ones that work for you and that's it. Your catalog is three or five. Right? Mm -hmm. So now what's happened is they've flipped that and they've gone, well, we now know that everybody only used five of yeah. whatever the thing was. And so now you don't need to see the 85. They're still there if you really want them. But we've mm -hmm. said, hey, here's the, you know, here's the most common, most useful on-ramp, right? It's some, um, what did we used to call that? We used to have those. Um, and, you know, everybody would build, would build them. I, um, I mean, like everybody has them. Um, the templates? Say it again. No, it, but it's but it's like, hey, here's the five building blocks. We've already put it together before you. We've already connected the things. You put your data in. This thing comes out. Now we're gonna do the configuration. The like solution accelerators. Yeah, yeah, accelerators. Right. We all oh, have accelerators. accelerators. Okay. That's okay. kind accelerators. of what, what 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 Google is now delivering is it's an accelerator. Right. Here's the right. the seven components necessary to get to go from this input to this outcome, and it's an accelerator because well, everybody kind of builds this. Yeah. Right. But it's not just the service, it's also the asset, right? The actual schema, the actual looker block, right? Sure. And yeah, it's not going to be perfect. It's clearly not exactly the way you'd want to look at order to cache, sure. but it's probably close, right? For, for sure, but their goal isn't to be bespoke. Right. Right. The goal of, of most of the companies selling an accelerator is to add their bespoke services to the accelerator. Right. Whereas their business model is very different. It doesn't work if it has to be bespoke. If it has to be bespoke, 
it'll it won't scale to the level that, that cloud requires right right and so yeah they're going to build the defaults in and just go here's the defaults whatever else you need you can go do go with god right. my carlos did you see any any observations on your side like you probably saw more of the deeper technical sessions yeah it was just interesting um how like you mentioned the way of to leverage what is already there and a lot of people were excited about all this open source new models that are coming and i was thinking if you don't have the correct piping to feed the data to those models there's nothing that i can do with it so we go to something that we have talked about before that is a garbage in garbage out mm. And I think that a lot of people are looking at niche solutions to try to fix a problem, but they still don't go to the root. That is, yeah, it's I'm an interesting observation because, you know, there were two big showcases with Vertex AI, right? So showcase number one, I went from, you know, a dozen Google LLMs to a hundred Google and open source LLMs. That was the first side, you know, let's celebrate that fact. But the other one I thought was way more interesting comparatively, which was we've now added out-of-the-box source connectors to ServiceNow, to Jira, to Confluence. I'm like, well, that's valuable. Yeah, I don't need 80 more models. I need actual connections to my actual knowledge bases in my actual enterprise. That's because now I don't have to worry about how to get there. You're helping me get there. That's do more of those. That, that would be valuable. It's not even that you're... That I have to worry about how to get there. It's it's I don't even have to worry about what to connect. You're right, telling right. me what to connect. And I just go, have it, don't have it, have it, have it, don't have it, don't have it, don't have it. All right, cool. We're we're working. Right, exactly. Right. You just click through them all if I had them all. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that and it, and I think they undersold the connections and oversold the model, sure. which I thought was model guard, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. I mean, when you said they have a hundred, I'm like, okay. Be because I would expect it. I'm not buying Google, I'm buying a cloud that happens to be Google. And therefore, the interoperability was supposed to be the purpose to begin with. Right. I don't get to just use the Google database service. I get to use the Google database service and all the other ones. So why would I not be able to use all the other LLMs? Right. right? So, so I wasn't surprised by it. I just kind of went, yeah, it's a, it's, it, you're a cloud provider. I, I should be able to use more than the Google, right? But the integration. Good. You're, you're seen as a check mark, not an yeah. innovation. Correct. No, that was just an, that was just a, a required evolution of the service that was provided, right? Like we're right. going to start with Bard, but eventually we'll have the other ones. Okay, cool. It's, so it's eventually today. Right. Exactly. I absolutely expect that. Um, the integrations, that's much more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, and it, and it, and and it, it actually goes back to something that we've always, we've also kind of always talked about, and that is, these vendors don't really understand how and why customers buy. Because they always seem to highlight the wrong thing. <laughs> right, like, let's highlight the fact that we support everything that you're going to want to run. We we've done that with every other thing we've ever brought on, and and not highlight the fact that we've made it much easier to connect the things that logically need to connect to it. Hmm. Right. Like, like I, I get it, but your face, you, you're showing me the back of the card. I need to see the face of the card if this trick is going to work, you know? <laughs> All right, Carlos, this has been at least 23 minutes of valuable content. <laughs> I agree. It's been at least <laughs> valuable content. 23 minutes and the other 15 are for no. Disney. 
so we can get the, people. The 23 minutes of valuable was Disney and Universal. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the title of the pod. 23 minutes of valuable content. Runtime, 39 minutes. Yeah, and 16 minutes on AI. <laughs> so, my friends, that's been awesome that you are here with us again. Like we say always, take the time, take your notes. There's a lot of golden nuggets that you can derive from this session. So, take the time, take notes, share with others. Make sure that you subscribe, and we'll see you in our next episode.